source for geek news for the week that was. <clears throat> I'm your host, James, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, we are going to be talking about the rise and fall of live service games. Since the beginning of the year, so many game studios have closed their live service projects, and we want to discuss kind of the history of live service games and talk about why so many of these games are being shut down. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's going to be an exciting week. We got a full week of news. We're doing the whole, we're, we're, we're back doing it in full force here. We got, we got our news section. We have our boss room. Uh, it's going to be great. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg. Where's a patron of our show. You can suggest topics for us to talk about. Um, we have some of you out there who are our patrons. You have boss rooms waiting. You, all you got to do is like, let us know what you want us to talk about. Oh, yeah. And you haven't yet. I'm just calling you out, Jack. I know that you have like five <laughs> saved up. You got to pick something at some point. But with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what has been occupying our free time and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you got for me? Oh, man, I got a bunch of stuff for you this week. It's been a, a nice little week off for me. I mm -hmm. am fun employed currently. I am in between two jobs. Yeah. Um, new one starts Monday. Uh, more news on that one to come. But uh, yeah, for, so this week I've been diving into a lot of games that I really didn't get the chance to get to um i started playing atomic heart atomic heart has been really good you've been waiting for this game i have i mean everyone has for mm -hmm. for like, like five years since the first trailer mm -hmm. it looked very bioshock it looked like a lot of fun the, the animations was insane the graphics looked insane it looks like the type of game that would just murder a video card but again we started seeing trailers for this about five years ago mm-hmm so game finally comes out. It's not an immersive sim. It has Bioshock flavor, but not the guts, really. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, you know, story driven first person shooter with some really fun elements to it and some slight like upgrade systems, you know, think like uh, what a modern version of Half-Life might be. And coming from that pedigree, and, and it doesn't come from that pedigree, but coming from that, like, like aiming for that bar has led a lot of people to say, well, it didn't really live up to it. But I mean, what what lives up to Half-Life 2? Right. To me, this game felt like a big success. There was a little jank here and there. And because it's a Russian studio, there was some uh, there, there are some issues with translation and timing. Mm -hmm. There's almost a sense that um, the the. The, the, the story beats in the in, in the, uh, you know, cutscenes between games are timed for Russian language. Mm. So when they're done in the English, it all just, you know, seems out of pace. Got it. But other than that, the game has been great so far. Um, I also uh, did a few more. I did the indie As Dusk Falls. That's the one that is basically almost like a comic book that rolls and you make story, you make oh, story yeah, decisions. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that one's on Game what Pass. What awards? Yeah, what awards? It's been great so far. I'm, I'm three chapters in. I believe there are five chapters. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. like, 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 it's so much fun. As soon as I put it on, I was like, well, I'll see if this keeps my interest. Mm -hmm. And by the end of chapter one, like an hour and a half later, I was like, oh, my God, next one, next one, next nice. one. Like, like, I was super into it. And the last one that's also on Game Pass. All these games have been on Game Pass, by the way. Game Pass is fucking awesome. 
Um, the last one is Shadow Warrior 3. Mm -hmm. um, this is a first-person shooter in the Shadow Warrior vein, so you know you have Lo Wang, the, uh, the titular title <laughs> character who is an assassin who mostly fights weird demons in a Shadow Realm with ninja powers and guns. Mm -hmm. um, this one is a very short game from this team. It's only about five hours long. It's, it's very linear, but it's, you know, shooting arenas, and, and mm -hmm. then they're a lot of fun, and they're really creative. So it's almost like they packed a lot of games into a tight area so that you could get in play your game and get out um that one's been really good so far um other than that new things that we've done this week together uh we saw quantum mania we did and we watched the mandalorian season three episode mm -hmm. one yep and those are those were fun we are going to do a full ant-man talk at some point um we just like to give it a little bit of breathing time before yeah. we get into spoilers and all that stuff so quantum mania discussion to happen in the near future uh over on my side of the world not a whole lot to talk about um, took a trip to Seattle this last weekend. Um, nothing really to talk about that I did up there other than it was Twin Peaks Day and I happened to be in Washington during Twin Peaks Day. Hell yeah. Which my, I was wearing a Twin Peaks shirt and just like everybody that we ran into was just like, you're wearing a Twin Peaks shirt. You are awesome because it's Twin Peaks Day. Yep. Um, the other thing that I did do uh, over the week was I started watching on your recommendation, Superman and Lois. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So I think I got through like the first season of it, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very enjoyable show. So definitely not the same vein as the other CW shit. Um, it doesn't run into those problems of being part of the Arrowverse. It is its own story. And as such, feels like it can be a little bit more adult in content at times. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean adult like as in sexuality or language, but it's you are watching a Superman who struggles with the basics. Right. And with family, with children and, and right. having a wife and, right. and the Be dynamics of those relationships. A really good Superman story acknowledges the fact that he is this alien that has all these powers that can do all these things, but that maybe he doesn't quite gel with the rest of society the way that mm -hmm. one would think. Right. Um, and that's a lot of what this show is. There's a lot of uncertainty in Clark's life um, in this show. And him trying to come to terms with, you know, my kids got powers. How are we going to handle that one? And, mm -hmm. you know, how do I how do I balance all of these things that are going on in my life um, and still be a good father to my children, still be a good wife? Because there are times in that show where he is just not those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like so sometimes he I mean, he makes mistakes. He, yep. you know, he, he makes decisions out of fear, mm -hmm. like, 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 like any, you know, living, thinking person. Yep. So I, I definitely would recommend um, Superman and, and Lois. It's on uh, HBO Max. Um, just very easy to watch series. Um, it's not so serious and, and, and dour that you're going to just hate yourself by watching it. Uh, but, it, but it has really brilliant stories in them. And it treats the topic of Superman with a great respect of the lore of Superman. But the show is really not about that. Yeah. The show is not about Superman, even though Superman's in the title. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really about his family. It's yeah. about Superman and Lois and like what what they do. Yep. You know, that's what's been so good about it, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. Stick with us as we get into the news in the Weekly Raid. The Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's time for the Weekly Raid, your news roundup of this week's geek news. Kicking things off, Millennium Media is working on a new Hellboy film called Hellboy the Crooked Man. It will be an R-rated film, and it's based on the 2008 miniseries, and is described as being folk horror-based, which is a folk horror, by the way, if you didn't know, is really hot right now. Yeah. Like, that, that is the trend in horror. Um, the story will take place in the 1950s rural Appalachia Mountains, and will star a younger Hellboy. 
So this is a, I mean, that sounds early, awesome. Yeah. This is him like early in BPRD. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as, I mean, not that Hellboy's ever been graceful, right. um, but you know, he's not as, is grizzled um, probably will make more mistakes. Right, not as experienced. Yeah, not right? as experienced. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and he is a uh, a bull in a china shop at the best of times. So exactly. I mean, yeah, this is awesome. I love you know. Show me some horror, you know, with an origin that I don't understand. With you know, like it, either from from a long time ago or just some shit somebody made up. You know, it's a Junji Ito recipe for horror. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the rules, the thing is scarier. Right. So yeah, you give me more of that. I love that stuff. And if you can make it old timey and folksy, even better. I know that a lot of people have this kind of embedded hatred of any Hellboy movie that doesn't have Del Toro attached to it. Well. And I understand, but you're probably not going to get him to come back and do another one. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, it, it's as far as I could tell. I mean, and I love those movies, mm-hmm. but I mean, that I feel like there was a, a really, those movies came out in a really perfect time yeah. where like all of those things could coincide because we also got Ron Perlman mm-hmm. and we got, um, you know, uh, it, 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 everyone who was a part of the project was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all happened and the, the, the creature effects were fantastic. There mm-hmm. were so much practical effects going on. Um, and it was okay for that to end because, you know, that, that someone else needs to try. Exactly. Yeah. But speaking of Guillermo del Toro, he is working with Netflix to create another stop motion animated movie adaptation. Good. Um, this one was amazing, by the way. It was. Uh, this one it. is called The Buried Giant, and it's based off the book of the same name. The concept is, quote, the novel follows an elderly Briton couple, Axel and Beatrice, living in a fictional post-Arthurian England in which no one is able to retain long-term memories. <laughs> yeah. That is the concept of it. I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I love it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Del Toro works really well in the stop motion space. Yeah. Um, Netflix is giving him good work at this point and just letting him kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. I, he- I wonder if it was like, you know, the 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 stop motion studio that, again, like if you haven't seen it, like even just throw it on and like look at it for a little while. This is the same Pin- studio, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Pinocchio is so incredibly gorgeous. The stop motion that they did for that is groundbreaking. Probably some of the best there's ever been. Yeah. Goes right up there with all of the tops. All you know, Wallace and Gromit, Nightmare Before Christmas, all of that good stuff. Uh, this is just remarkable to look at. So I hope that that studio was like, hey, Netflix, you want like a two for one deal so we can keep getting paid for stop motion work? Because, yeah, th- 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 I-, I want more. Definitely want more. Something. Uh, yeah. And, and Netflix, please just keep giving Del Toro work. Um, Netflix is also looking to adapt the wildly successful boom studios comic series. Something is killing the children. Uh, if you have not heard of this, it's an Eisner award winning book. Uh, and the plot is, is essentially, well, I, I have the kind of the byline here. When the children of Archer's peak begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories, impossible stories of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. Sweet. Yeah. Something is something is killing the children. Award winning book. It is still going. Um, I have not had the chance to read it. It's been Mm -hmm. on my to do list for a while. Okay. 
Um, but this, again, because most people don't think about comic series outside the big two, your mm-hmm. Marvel and your yeah. DCs, right? Sometimes an image comic here or there or something like that. Yeah. No, this is Boom Studios. They do a lot of licensed work, but this is a, an original property that they've got going on. Sweet. And it just has, again, award-winning series. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would be saying this out loud, but Ghostface has been spotted across the United States leading up to the release of the upcoming Scream movie. News outlets have been reporting the sightings in places like California, Colorado, and even in a blizzard in Arizona. <laughs> Some people have been so terrified by the sightings they have called 911. Yeah. He's working his way across the country right now. America. Like, okay, so... <sighs> Like we all saw a barbarian, right? Like, like we know we know what a real threat looks like. A guy in a Halloween mask you can barely see out of with a Bowie knife. How many of y'all have guns? Most of you have guns. Right. There are more guns than there are humans. You can probably look down on the ground in front of you right now, whoever you are, and find a gun if you live in America. So, like, yeah, don't call nine one one. Shoot him, then call nine one one. They'll clean it up. As far as we can tell, and this obviously the studio won't confirm this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all promotion for the movie. Mm-hmm. He is going out in public areas and they, they, they're hiring people to, to, Oh, for sure. To, yeah. He is like looking at like traffic cameras specifically, mm-hmm. like going out and like standing in front of him. And it does seem to actually be happening, like moving across America. Awesome. So because the new movie takes place in New York. Mm-hmm. So probably that's where it will end. Right. Oh yeah. No, that, that's going to be great. I heard the most, I, I don't know what it was. I, I was watching recently just to, while we're on screen for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a story from, uh, Oh, it was over oh, oh, hot ones. It was Jenna Ortega talking about how great David Arquette is Oh yeah. and like how just like when he's on set, he's the most amazing person. He likes to like teach people things. Like apparently he's like certified in instructing how to do like Bob Ross painting yep. and he will like help people on, you like show people on set how to do like Bob Ross style painting. Mm-hmm. Like while everyone's waiting around for movie shit to happen. Yep. Like that sounds so cool. I, I love, love it. it. Uh, Blumhouse is teaming up with James Wan studio, Atomic Monster, to bring the game Dead by Daylight to the big screen. Mm. While the script is being worked on currently, we do know that the adaptation is probably going to be doing its best to bring that big slasher energy from the game to the movie screen. Interesting choice for an adaptation. Very interesting because the, the Dead by Daylight doesn't have a story per se. Mm. It, it's it's trapped in a room horror, and I mean it's not a room. It's usually like an area, mm. and you're trying to like do, complete enough goals within the area to allow yourself to escape. And it's asymmetrical multiplayer, so there is one monster and about four non monsters whose goal is to work together to escape. The monster's job is to kill all of you. He's gonna put you all on a hook, yep. and the, the, your friends can come up, come around, and unhook you. But that's a really good way to get killed by a monster trying to unhook your friend <laughs> right so you know you got to be sneaky about it and there's it's a really fun game especially if you're into like the horror element of it mm-hmm. um the, the uh i played a lot of it with, with a couple of friends of mine uh, uh last year and, and a, a lot over the pandemic too actually mm. um and yeah just in general it, it's a weird idea for a movie to me it really because is. i don't understand how this translates like you know how we've all been watching The Last of Us and they keep like every time you see a jump from spot to spot, you're like, oh, that was I guess they're going to skip the Yeah, that was just a combat section. Of course, they have to skip over that. Right. There's no way to like, like you can't just like throw that in there and it's like, oh, we just murdered 37 people and now we're on to the rest of the story. Right. <laughs> 
Dead by Daylight is all killing 37 people. Like, there's no, there's, nobody talks in between. Right. So I don't know what this movie's going to be about, I, but I it should like be interesting. I just you have a blank canvas at this point. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, well, you know, we maybe we can pump these generators to open this gate, and until then, some guy's going to keep fucking killing me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Stranger Things is getting a live show in London. The story is going to be an all-new prequel story set in Hawkins in 1959 and will feature younger versions of the adult characters in the series. The story was crafted by the Duffer Brothers and is called Stranger Things The First Shadow. Oh, I mean, I'm in. You gotta go go to London to see it. Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's popular enough, it'll probably get... Something over here. For, yeah, you would hope so, you know. Yeah. And hopefully we would only have to go to New York. Right. The Olympics are getting an esports series. Nine events have been confirmed for the esports section of the Olympics, including chess, Gran Turismo 7, and just dance. Those are just three of the, the, the ones. Really? Just dance? Yeah. Oh, is it- <sighs> Not even like DDR, no. But like, like, let's see if this camera understood you shook your ass just right. Mm-hmm. But how? The Olympics, Hector. The just Olympics. dance. Just dance in the Olympics. Gran Turismo in the Olympics. Chess in the Olympics, I could totally see. Like, that's uh, just isn't a, there that's already? Like, like, I guess not. I guess not. There's not already chess in the Olympics, right. but it has to. Be a video game first. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe we keep. Our sporting events and our video games and our board games all separate as far as world championships go. I love that we call them esports and, you know, we rally around them the same way we do physical players throwing balls around, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't because we nickname them esports does not mean that we need to put them together. And no shade to anyone who plays esports on a fucking Olympic level, because I know a lot of y'all do. I watch Overwatch League and I watch, you know, CS, you know, Counter-Strike from time to time. And like these high level tournaments where people make things that I can moves that I can barely even see. It's incredible. It's, it's you. You are some of the most talented people in the world at what you're doing. I I don't think Just Dance should be at the Olympics. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just where I'm well, falling it's its own on it right separate now. thing. Uh, it is going to be streamed um, like during that time uh, during this summertime. It'll okay. be in uh, late June, mm-hmm. and it will be available to watch on Olympics.com and some various other social media sites. Okay, so I mean, yeah, I'm interested now. Yeah. Telltale Games has confirmed this week that The Wolf Among Us 2 has been pushed back to 2024 so that they can avoid both crunch and burnout. The CEO of Telltale, James Otley, said, Part of it is about maintaining a healthy work culture. We do not want to burn out our good people. This is the second major delay of the game, the first being when the studio decided to move from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5 at the request of the studio's engineers and artists due to the improved tools in that engine. That meant they had to redo a lot of the work that had already been complete. Um, I 
I trust them more now than I did before this. Yeah. I mean, when it comes like, like the last delay makes a lot of sense. And this delay, that's literally just, Hey, this game's going to come out later. So we don't burn out our people. I love that. Yeah. I, I guarantee the game will be better for that decision. Mm-hmm. And I really like the first wolf, wolf among us. And I can't wait to play this one. Yeah. And, the, and knowing now that it will be even better because they chose to delay it. I'll buy it even more. And the wolf among us, if you're unfamiliar with it is based on the fables comic series. Uh, you play Big B Wolf, the big bad wolf, who is a detective. Um, this is a world in which all fables exist, and you play a detective that solves murders of things that happen. Yeah, like you're, that. you're a detective noir, and you know that sometimes uh, you know the Prince Charming, you know, kills Snow White, and you got to like track down the murderer and right. shit. Sonic co-creator Yuji Naka has confessed to insider trading during his time at Square Enix. He is one of several employees at Square Enix that's been charged. Naka reportedly bought 3 million yen worth of stock of a game developer called Aiming after he learned that the studio was working on a Dragon Quest mobile game. He found out before the game was announced. Mm -hmm. He went and bought a shitload of stock. And and this is not like the only instance of them doing this. They've been tracking down like multiple Mm -hmm. ones of these. But yeah, there's just a small group at the company that has just been doing insider trading for a while. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty standard practice. I mean, this is just any, any, you know, industry or company with, you know, in the economy we live in, it makes more sense to do this and pay the fine a lot of the time than it makes sense not to do it. No one's going to jail for this, just like no one's going to jail for wage theft. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so so they might as well. And I mean, yeah, it sucks. And I'm glad people are getting caught and I'm glad people are getting held accountable. But I mean, it, it's not like he'll never work again. Sure. And, and it's not like he's going to be poor now. And it's not like he's going to spend even a single second, you know, suffering for, you know, the technical crime that he committed. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I don't know. I bet you he made money still after Probably. getting caught. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God of War Ragnarok is now the most nominated title in BAFTA Games history, netting a total of 14 nominations, including Game of the Year, Technical Achievement and Game Design. Stray also nabbed eight nominations this year, including animation, best debut game, and best game of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why everyone likes Stray. What do you think, Willow? <laughs> no. Stray was so good. I had so much fun with it. Stray was a lot of fun, yeah. It, it got some strange, like, nods at the Game Awards, like, <laughs> like, nominated for things that maybe it shouldn't have, but overall, like, it was a great game. God of War being the most nominated game in history doesn't strike me as surprising at all. It is, you know... It's currently one of the best stories ever told in a video game. It goes right up there at the top with Last of Us 1 and 2 and all of that good stuff. Um, It's phenomenal. Yeah, it deserves all the awards and some. All right. It is time for the segment of our show that will just not die. Yep, it's time for Blizzard. Are you okay? Man, They're never okay. They're like, like they haven't been okay. <laughs> so we have a few things to uh, get through. So let's kind of just get to it mm-hmm. once the cat moves out of the way. Thank you. Activision Blizzard announced that they are going to enforce a return to office policy, which has been wildly unpopular with employees. This week, it was reported that staff that staff were fired who spoke out against the policy and or engaged in union activities. 
Yeah, no, that that's the classic fucking blizzard mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, that's I mean they they they've been union busting since the beginning. But yeah, the return to the, the return to office thing, like I don't understand. They can do their jobs from home. Right. They they can program in the comfort of their own home and they don't have to commute in the the the, the you know, huge cities that they commute in. They they don't have to, you know, uh, uh, they, they live better lives when they can choose when to come into the office because in the fucking world we live in in the year of our lord 20 fucking 23 <laughs> if, if you make video games for a living you can do it at home just as well as in the office if you need to talk to somebody you have a webcam you have you know a, a, a voice chat you know functionality you have discord you have teams you have slack you have any everything that you need to be able to let people work from home just let them I I don't see why not. The European Commission is closer to allowing the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, in part because Microsoft signed a binding contract to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles should their deal go through. And it's a 10-year contract. Wow. Their willingness to allow Activision Blizzard titles on non-Microsoft platforms seem to be enough of a show of good faith that the EU is loosening their grips on the purchase. Okay. I mean, that's something. I don't know what... Y'all have seen a Switch. Like, like, like <laughs> you, you know what a Switch looks like. It doesn't look like a machine that's going to run a modern Call of Duty title. No, nah, it's probably going to be using their like cloud streaming service or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to get a cloud streaming version of Call of Duty... You know, uh, one a year for the next 10 years on, you know, whatever Nintendo decides to release next. So, yeah. I mean, great. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know if I'm pro or anti-merger <laughs> at this point anymore. I'm just, we've been saying for a while we're pro it just so that the employees can be better taken care of than they are right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, Microsoft is straight upset if they want to form a union, then that they have the right to. Yeah, and yeah, and so, yeah, I, I, I like... But at, at the same time, there's a company like that gets to go out. Everyone gets a golden parachute, but I don't want Blizzard to collapse either. I'm still looking forward to playing Diablo 4 for the fucking life of me. And, you know, that's just that's yeah. just who I am and how I was raised and whatnot. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 No, I, I guess I do hope the merger goes through. Yeah, that, that would be a net good for the industry. Exactly. When Activision was hacked in December of 2022 due to a successful phishing attack, entire spreadsheets containing personal data were leaked. Per California law, when a breach like this happens, you are legally required to inform everybody whose data could have been compromised. Activision just didn't bother to tell anyone. Yeah, no, laws are for people who, you know, might get caught or something, you know? Yep. Activision said that they've determined that they determined that no sensitive employee data was accessed. Right. Yeah. No, we we investigated ourselves and we found that we've done nothing wrong. Um, Nothing to see here. Please move along. And to kind of go back to a topic that we were talking about, I think it was last week. This is a dangerous time for game developers. Oh, yeah. Like... People are getting threats, like death threats online as just game developers. Yeah, just for like, like like participating in the development of a game that people don't fully agree with the art style direction of, you right. know, like, like just the dumbest shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really best if, you know, it, it, if a bunch of your employees personal info gets leaked, like you got to tell people. Yep. What the fuck? Like legally, you have to fucking do that. Yeah. And, and it's not like, like you're protecting them. 
Like this is just a case of HR and like CEOs protecting themselves from from what? Yeah. From bad press, but while not protecting their employees. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. yeah, pretty gross. And speaking of companies that you know you would rather collapse. And that is everything that we have for the news this week. But stick with us as we get into our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's time for the boss room, our main topic that is sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, I want to talk about something that we have only briefly touched on in the past. Live service games. Now, a lot of the most popular live service games remain popular. Things like Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, and even Overwatch. Sure. But this has been a very hard year for live service games. What was once considered the way to make money in the games industry is starting to collapse. Games like Knockout City, Square Enix Avengers, and more are shutting down as fast as they are being launched. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you have this business model, like to start from the beginning, live service games. I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, Destiny was a very early model of something like this, right? Mm-hmm. You pay for the game um, and, you know, you get to play and there's just a lot of online. There's a lot of connectivity. And what you end up paying for in Destiny is, you know, over time, expansions come out. There'll be uh, new stories, new weapons, maybe a new aspect for your class. You know, there's a whole bunch of new content. You throw in 30 bucks, hopefully about once a year, maybe twice a year if they're feeling fancy. And that's how they keep their game going over time. In the meantime, there's like cosmetic things you can buy in cash shops and things like that. They try and keep, you know, the the necessity for anything like that to an absolute minimum. But Destiny 2 specifically has seen a lot of success from this model. And the model, if we're being honest, comes all the way from like the mobile play space where people won't pay for a video game on their phone. But if they play it for long enough, they might pay for an experience booster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this, the origin of a lot of life service games comes from the mobile space. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in the mobile space, you release a game, you put it out for free. You let people pay for it or you let people play it for a while. And then you start putting limiters on it, right? Whether yeah. that be energy so that you can only do so many moves mm-hmm. or XP boosters, or in some cases of some of the Marvel games, I play just like skins yeah. for the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. These are all things that, that exist in the mobile space. And that at some point the games industry saw this model and how much money it was making. Cause I mean, we're talking about, you know, clash of clans making like a million dollars a day or some bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, well we want to get into that. We want to make that kind of money. Uh So why don't we just take what they're doing in the mobile space, do it as a triple a game and then we'll make all the money, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously. Let's th- let's slap some Avengers on it. Right. Let's make, like, the ultimate, like, obviously, if we make the game that's making all, like, like you know, we, we model it after the game that makes a million dollars a day. And then we slap, you know, some, some you know, Marvel MCU Avengers mm-hmm. on there. Obviously, we'll make all of the money, wh- right. which is our goal. And then they release the game. And it, if anyone out there remembers Marvel's Avengers... <laughs> Um, you all know how that went. 
truly an uninspired and terrible video game just bereft of soul um bereft of fun game mechanics to follow you anywhere after the you know campaign story which might take six to seven hours mm -hmm. and at that point you're in the end game and the end game is mostly grinding for um a very slight you know incremental upgrades that may or may not affect the look of your character mm -hmm. uh it, it, it just didn't make any sense it was a very mobile-esque business model for a title that was coming out on you know the all the big consoles the playstation on pc and gamers in that market aren't used to that kind of shit right. and they're not interested in it at all we saw the exact same problem with diablo immortal mm -hmm. and the absolutely the incredibly predatory practices that we've talked about on this program before mm -hmm. um yeah and, and it, it, and that's why everybody was so enters, yeah. That's why everybody was so worried about Diablo Four when it got announced because they were like, mm -hmm. "We just saw what Diablo. We said it on the show. Yeah. We saw a trailer for Diablo Four, and normally a trailer for a Diablo game has us like hyped to shit. Oh yeah. And the only thing we could do while we were watching this trailer at the Game Awards was go. Man, I wonder how they're going to try and monetize this shit. Yeah, I wonder, you know, how many uh, how many Blizzard coins I need to insert to roll like my gem quality, right? You know, or, or wh whatever they figure out to do. And hopefully, hopefully, they don't put this into the games. But this live service model started popping up everywhere. We have title after title after title. Fucking um, Platinum Games got it got got it on this uh, so, along with Square Enix, and that title failed right into the ground, like like flat on its face uh you know square enix canceled between mobile and pc probably like four or five titles since oh, the yeah. beginning of oh, the yeah. year oh yeah and some of these like were dropped almost as soon as they launched yeah like final fantasy that he was called like the first soldier oh yeah like mobile title mobile title battle royale kind of thing lasted yeah. like two months yeah with absolutely and when they said they were shutting it down they, they there's absolutely no way to you know get any of the money back for any purchases you mm -hmm. might have made in those two months i mean yep. it's crazy yep uh, the they had a chocobo racing game that they came out with yeah which was, i heard was a genuinely decent game yeah uh, but, but just paywalled uh, to shit yeah like if i had released that game as a normal game some people might have just bought it and played it oh yeah but now that's gone forever because you know all that because they didn't make the money that they wanted yeah, it to. because it can't be supported with the business model they attached to it right and the, you know these things these trends they're common in the games industry. I mean, we, we've been doing this show long enough that we see industry trends and we know when to call out the oh, bad for ones. Sure. But I mean, like even going back to something like World of Warcraft, MMOs existed before World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. but MMOs didn't exist the way. Yeah, none of them had 11 million subscribers. Most of them didn't have half a million subscribers. Yep. So after that, everyone started making MMOs or mm -hmm. trying to. And how many of those came out? Probably less than 10% that were started. Mm -hmm. How many of them were successful? Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. And it launched probably like five years after WoW did. Yeah. And it's still around and it's alive and kicking because it got rescued and they decided to actually put some love and Final care Fantasy and money into it. Managed to, to compete a little bit. In that that's space. true. Yeah, that's Final true. FF11 did, did go the distance as well. Yeah. Um, but that's still three. You know, and we we all saw dozens and dozens, you know, oh, just yeah. start getting made especially right the after MMO, Especially popular. the amount of Korean MMOs that were coming out. Oh, like yeah. Lineage or something like that. Lineage and Lineage 2. Yeah. And yeah, there, there were a few that I played out there. I'm starting to remember, like, uh, not Outlaw Star. Was it Wild Star? There, there's something with a star in it. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, there, there were a lot of MMOs. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of interesting takes on the genre. And 
you know, it's too big of, of a thing to undertake all on your own without a clear vision. You can't copy and paste something from one space to the next. Destiny works the way it does because a lot like, you know, a From Software game, all of the things that happen in the game are woven into the lore of the game. Mm. You're doing things because they make sense. The idea that, you know, the, the, the Hulk in this live service game is like, getting upgrades to his rib cage, I guess, right. you know, so he can be like 4% more powerful when he ground slams. Mm -hmm. Like th this doesn't make any sense. This is not the right frame for this video game. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing more and more, you know, first person games become all the rage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously we saw it a lot last year with uh, God of war with Elden ring, um, we're seeing we're about to get Jedi Survivor. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're seeing the 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 return of like the story based, focus based like single player game that people are are, are going nuts for. Yeah, and it, it, of all the trends that should really take off, of all of the safe bets of just making something that you know you want to make and and working on it until it's done and then releasing it for for an amount of money that makes sense for the product. Right. Like, could we just do that for, for a while? <laughs> can, can, can we take a break from, from, from the bullshit and just make good games? And, and then maybe Bungie will decide to create another way to pay for video games. Right. So I'm, I'm curious then, in your opinion, why do you think we're seeing the failure of live service games finally? Um, well, it's saturation. There, there are too many. There are too many, and we've seen too many come and go now that people are getting gun-shy. Right. You know, for, for every Ubisoft military shooter that's here today and gone tomorrow uh, that somebody paid $70 for, maybe with some extra DLC, someone, some poor asshole out there has got the collector's edition of a game with a concurrent player base of three. Right. You know, and, and that's just been happening more and more and more all the way, you know, going back at least five to seven years right and now they're popping up and going down in a matter of months because all these businesses have trend lines and they're oh, watching wow. their game just like you know see the, the the failure bars that they have put in place within weeks oh yeah i mean we saw the rise and fall of nosgoth happen in like two months oh yeah absolutely like, like nosgoth came out all of and they're like hey legacy of kane fans do you want to play this battle royale and they all basically went nope nope yep and then there's, that's another genre everyone chased and now there oh, yeah. are about three that yeah. people still play mm -hmm. and i think i think it's three i know fortnite and apex are like the 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 heavy hitters and i believe there's a third that a lot of people play but i can't think of what yeah. it is um you know from outside of the first uh, of the single player genre we have survival genre there's a lot going on right now the indie genre like everyone played cult of the lamb yep. we have some incredible remakes going on and a lot of them harken back to single player games days we just had dead space mm -hmm. we're about to get the resident evil 4 remake yeah. we're in the exact same month we're about to get the system shock remake mm -hmm. i mean there's so much great stuff going on in this space right now and i really hope that these games sell well and that studios start taking their cues from that um and, and if they and if it means we get more great remakes of old classics i'm fine with that hopefully it inspires new games to come out and be even better there's also just a lot of aspects of live service games that tends to be very predatory oh yeah i, I mean the, the 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 there's no better example right now than diablo immortal mm -hmm. i mean where the, that one was so bad that someone made a tool with all of the exact uh same rules on it like to, just to roll 
uh, and see how how long it would take you if you were pressing buy and how and it would keep track of how much fake money, not real money you were spending mm. to get the build you wanted. And for a lot of people, it would be tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. And yeah, that's that's what we would see in games. Yeah. And it, as as non mobile gamers and as someone who never intends to be any kind of whale, I, I just. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I can't with sense. that. I mean, the, 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 <sighs> also, a lot of these games require a lot of your time. They do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's grind or pay to play the game. Yeah. And that's my biggest thing is there's. And they want you to log in every day. Yeah. They, yeah. They reward you for logging in every day. But I was looking, looking through the stuff for Diablo 4 because it does come out soon. Um, and I was going, okay, there are three three options. There's just buy the game and play it. There's buy the collector's edition and get like some skins and sure. you can play the game on Tuesday instead of Friday. Right. Right. Or something like that. Or, or I think on Friday instead of Tuesday. So you get like a weekend. Yeah. Uh, which I would can probably consider like the, the, the server test weekend. Right. So be careful what you buy there. Yeah. But there is a $100 version. Mm-hmm. And with that version, the only thing extra you get is a... A, a booster that it automatically completes the first 20 levels of your battle pass. What, why? So, d- d- that's what I'm saying. Like the, the last $20 you can spend on this game for the ultimate collector's edition causes you to play the game less. Yeah. That, that, that shit like that frightens me. Yeah. Because like, you shouldn't want me to play the game less. Right. As soon as you, as soon as I want to pay to skip your game, like Come on. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. The live service games are going away. People are seeing the fault in them. And it seems like gamers are kind of waking up and realizing, hey, we don't want this anymore. Yeah. And so it was a, a trend. It was a fad. There will always be live service games, but mm-hmm. I think that we will see less of them now. Yeah. Um, Again, like Halo still really successful, but I think people are realizing one, they're not Bungie. Yeah. And two, I, I, it, ask the average destiny player, how they feel about destiny. And I'm talking about the people who just like live and breathe destiny. Yeah. Ask them how they feel about the game destiny too. Most of them will tell you they fucking hate it and they can't get enough of it. Yeah. This is, this is the best you can hope for with this business model. And, and that's if you are bungee competent and make a game as good as destiny Two, exactly. which most of these companies are not even capable of. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot that we could be saying on this subject. However, I think we've said a lot already mm. and B there's a giant storm warning going on in Austin, yes, which there means is. there's a very real possibility. Our power could get knocked out at any given second. And I have not saved the show. Oh yeah. It is so, likely. That is everything we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash cast where you can chat with us as well as at me at gnggcast on Twitter. Until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. And stay dry.